friends, it is the first Sunday in Lent, and we will be um, talking over the next few weeks on our way to Easter about the seven last words of Jesus. These are the sayings of Jesus on the cross, and we will use these in order to prepare our hearts for the joy of Easter morning. So our first will be from Luke's Gospel, the 23rd chapter, verses 33 through 38. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing, and the people stood by watching. But the leader scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, the Chosen One. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him saying, This is the king of the Jews. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts and minds be acceptable in your sight. We ask this, O Lord, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the early 1980s in New York City, there was an artist named Alan Bridge, and he had an idea of an experiment he wanted to do as part of his art. He made signs that he posted all around New York City, and they said, do you have something to confess? Call the apology line. And he gave a phone number. And you could call, and you, this was in the days of answering machines, and you would hear this message that said, welcome to the apology line. You are welcome to say whatever you need to say that you need forgiveness for, that you're sorry for. It needs to remain anonymous. We will play these publicly at some point, but in no way will we involve the police or other people. This is a safe place for you to just say what you need to say. And so he ran this apology line for years. And so there was a lot of discussion in the beginning about if this did any good. Most of the calls were pretty, you know, regular. One of them talked about how they had stolen something from a neighbor, a package that had been outside their door. Another one that I remember is that there was someone who had witnessed an accident, but he didn't report it because he was in a hurry and he felt guilty about that. And most of them were of this variety until Richie called. And Richie called, and they have the recordings that you can listen to. And he starts out by saying, I am so glad you have done this. I am so glad that there is a place where I can come and unburden myself. And then Richie goes on to say that for a period of years, he has been inviting homeless people into his home and then killing them. Richie's a serial killer. And he goes on and on about how grateful he is that he can finally say that he's doing these things. And then at one point he says, you know, if we had more phone lines like this, there might be more people like me. 
So if you had any confusion about what confession should be, this certainly highlights what it is not. We as people of faith know that confession should always be married with repentance. That we should always confess what we have done wrong and then we should turn from that sin and try and do better. And we are offered forgiveness. Those three things always go together. And so when we hear about Jesus on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And when Jesus says this, he's certainly talking about the people who are there in first century Jerusalem. He's talking about the Roman soldiers who are mocking him. He's talking about all the people who have come to see him be crucified and are doing nothing. When Jesus says, Father, forgive them, he certainly means those people who are there at that time. But Jesus also means, Father, forgive all of humanity. For there are so many sins that we commit that we don't even realize are sins. There are so many things that we do that can hurt others that we don't even know that we are doing. Our Lord and Savior while being crucified and on the verge of death, prays for the forgiveness of humankind. We have been offered that forgiveness because of who Jesus Christ is. You can want the forgiveness or not, it is still offered to you because our Lord and Savior loves us that much. But if we are going to be people who claim that forgiveness, we also have to be people who take a look at ourselves, confess where we are wrong, and repent. You cannot have just the forgiveness without also having the confession and repentance. They are things that go together. And this time in the church year, when we will come to Easter and we will be so grateful for the gift of the risen Christ, these 40 days are a time when we are supposed to look at ourselves where are we sinning? Where are the places that we think we've been doing well, but maybe we haven't? We read our Bible and we read about the person of Jesus Christ, and then we say, what does my life look like in comparison? And there will be many ways that we fail, but we confess and we repent. The whole of a life as a Christian is one of failing forward. You're never going to get it all right. None of us are going to do the things that Jesus did. But in examining ourselves, in confessing and repenting, we get a little closer. And we will fail again, but we will fail forward. Maybe it won't be as bad that time, and you become a better person. The truth is that if your faith today is the same as it was 20 years ago, it is time to take a closer look and to grow closer to our Lord and Savior. Here's the good news. The good news, remember, is that forgiveness is offered because that's who Jesus Christ is. And the good news is also that the Holy Spirit is with us in that, in that examination. The Holy Spirit is with us, enabling us to be better than we were before. That process is called sanctification. 
the process of living your life in a way that you are a better lover of people than you were. You are a better forgiver of people than you were. You are a better person to live out the values that Christ has shown us than you were when you began. And there's one other part about this that strikes me too. And that is that Jesus says, forgive them for they know not what they do. There are many ways that we will sin without knowing what we do. But we have to make a commitment as people of faith to try to learn as much about ourselves as we can. And we have to be really careful of the sin of certainty. All those people who voted for Jesus to be crucified instead of releasing him, they were certain that that wasn't the Messiah. The whole of the Roman Empire, they were certain that he was nothing more than just a man and they crucified him. When Jesus is on the cross, he is before a whole lot of people who are very certain of their religious life. And so I am asking you, as you evaluate who you are, as you grow into the likeness of Christ, do it with the utmost humility. Let us not be so certain that in our certainty we hurt others. This is the life of what it's like to be a Christian. And one of my favorite quotes is from a minister named Fred Craddock. And he says that when he was in his teens, he wanted to be a preacher. And when he was in his late 20s, he wanted to be a really good preacher. But he said the older he got, he realized that what he truly wanted was to be a Christian. To just live simply. Love generously. Speak truthfully. Serve faithfully. And leave everything else up to God. May we grow this Lenten season in our faith. May we remember as we examine our lives, as we root out the sin that we can, that the Holy Spirit is with us. And may we remember that we are a community doing it together. We fail forward together. May our lives be better tomorrow as people of faith than they are today. Thanks be to God. Amen.